0: Thank you to our sponsor, The Open Society Foundations, an organization that works to build vibrant and inclusive societies whose governments are accountable and open to the participation of all people. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Tell Black Stories podcast. I'm your host, Gia Peppers. The Tell Black Stories podcast was created as an extension of Color of Change Hollywood, an initiative changing the rules in Hollywood, ensuring accurate, diverse, empathetic, and human portrayals of Black people on television and throughout the media landscape. Today, we're joined by a very special guest. With a career full of award-winning and game-changing roles, Michael B. Jordan is no stranger to telling Black stories. Today, he is here to talk about his new movie, Just Mercy, the true story of Walter McMillan, an incarcerated man who appeals his murder conviction with the help of his defense attorney, Brian Stevenson, played by Jordan. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. You know, we're here in New York, and Michael B. Jordan, you're doing such incredible work. I have to say we're so proud of you because Just Mercy is an incredible film. We all saw it. So thank you for the work you did, and thank you for telling this story of Bryan Stevenson. Um, obviously, this is an important story. Probably, do you think it's the most important story you've told in your career so far? I
1: think it's right up there with them, um, Honestly, for me, I think, uh, you know, it speaks to a subject matter that, that, that we constantly um you know uh Deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know, being black and brown in America, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the judicial system, and how racially you know biased they are. I think Brian Stevenson's life's work is uh, is a testament to you know um, you know balancing and leveling that playing field and and making things uh, as fair and equal as possible. So yeah, I think it's uh, yeah it's it's up there.
0: Yeah, and do you can you even I don't even know if you can pick, but what do you think is the most powerful part about Brian Stevenson's work and legacy, especially everything he does with EJI? I think
1: it's consistency. I think uh, you know us as a culture, we get a uh, very uh, you know we emotionally react on certain things. You know, it's the the revolution of the week, yes. the revolution of the month, and then we uh, we fatigue. You know, we tire, we get distracted, we move on to the next thing. And uh, I think one of the most impressive things about Brian Stevenson is that for the past thirty years, he's dedicated his life to this cause. Right. He's continued to you know make a difference and um, you know break down these barriers um, on a day-to-day basis. You know, um, even while we were shooting this movie, he would pop in it on set then. He'll be on the next flight straight to the Supreme Court, fighting cases day in and day out with a life or death, literally life or death stakes. So I think um, that's probably one of the most impressive parts about uh, this movie is that you know he was juggling so many different things at one time, but he sacrificed so much of himself for the betterment of us, and um, I think that needs to be um, you know celebrated and uh,
0: yeah. You're doing good. You use your platform to do it. I love that. And Just Mercy really has the opportunity to show this new generation how criminal justice, how the criminal justice system has and continues to fail black communities. We all know it. We live it. Um, and Brian Stevenson has said, I think we have a criminal justice system that treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you're poor and innocent. As a content creator yourself, can you talk about the importance of authentic to- storytelling when it comes to issues like criminal justice that disproportionately affect us?
1: I think, um, you know, I <laughs> We're li- we're living with the evolution of slavery. You know, I don't think it ever end. You know, it never it didn't really you know end. It just evolved. It, it it's uh, the perception of what it is to be black. You know, the, um, the stigma that comes around with us of being dangerous, the, of being considered guilty uh, just by the way we look. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think through you know content, through art, through you know um, storytelling, we can humanize you know and change that perception um, uh, to the world. You know, uh, if you're you know living in certain places, sometimes the only actions that you have with, you know, people of color is what they see on the news, is what they see in television and film. So if we get more accurate depictions of ourselves, you know, um, I feel like it could start to change the narrative a little bit, and that that could, I think that can go a long way.
0: Absolutely. And throughout the film, we see how fear, racism, and bigotry played key roles in the lack of justice Johnny D received until Brian came to the town and took his case. Color of Change is actually launching its new initiative, Justice Not Fear Project, which seeks to combat the fear narrative that white folks use to criminalize black people and halt progress on criminal justice reform. From your experience working with the film and your relationship with Brian, can you talk about the role you think fear and bigotry plays in cases like this? I think fear
1: in general is, um, you know, um, you can't be governed by fear, you know, fear tactics, uh, you know, um, playing up a certain image to get people scared, you know, scared of things that you that you have you don't have a close proximity to. I think in the in the movie, um, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the fear of us, you know, is very uh, is very prominent throughout the film and, and I think, you know, with the movie, you know, trying to set humanize and, um, and, and and realizing that it's not just one man you put on death row. You put entire family. You put entire communities. And they go through that process, and it's generational. You know, their kids have to live with that asterisk. They have to live with that, with that, with that, that history. Um, so, be able to try to change the narrative. I think, and 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 take that fear tactic away. I think is is uh, extremely important.
0: Absolutely. And this is your production companies. Uh, really big, I would say probably the most, the biggest catalyst to the production company that you have, Outliers, um, because it's so important. It's such a beautiful film. And I've talked to a few people who were on set and they were like, you were there every single day, making sure that the morale was great, making sure that everybody felt like they belonged and were working their hardest on the set. Tell me why this story now and why with your, you know, with you at the helm as a creator and an actor. Well,
1: I think I guess the timing just all kind of fell into the right place. I've always had a... Not always, but for a long time, I've had a dream of starting my own production company to be able to, like, control my own creative destiny, um, be able to tell stories, be able to give opportunities to others. Mm -hmm. And, And, yeah, this... You know, four or five years ago, the story came around and, and, you know, I've been, you know, we've been developing, not just by myself, but have incredible other producers, you know, Gil Netter, um, you know, Warner Brothers came on to help distribute and get this movie, uh, um, um, you know, around the world to as many people as possible. Alana Mayo, um, you know, head of my production company, um, Asher and Destin. It was really a, a family effort. You know, I just, you know, wanted to assemble the right team. You know, help be a part of putting the right people in the position to to really come together and make this thing um, because it was definitely a team effort. But um, it's important. The story takes place over 30 years ago, but it it feels like it could have been yesterday. Absolutely. Um, So just trying to help. Change the narrative uh, where I can, and I think art and storytelling is an incredible, powerful platform. So um, you know, being being able to you know hide the medicine and the food a little bit, you know, get people to sit down and, and and provoke thought and conversation. That hopefully people walking away from this movie, they feel like they could be a part of the change. Also, you don't have to be a lawyer, you don't have to have degrees, you don't have to you know you don't have to be that. You can exercise your simple right to vote. You can you know go online to eji.org. You know we're gonna have um, Brian's gonna have Actionable things that you can do to help, um, you know, the, these issues. So there's 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 a lot of it's a layered thing, you know, the um, it's an evolving issue. It, it, it continues to grow and change every day. So we have to be able to be in it for the long haul and not just be here for a press tour. And and and, and uh, hopefully we have enough people involved and, and uh, we get this narrative out there so people can wanna be a part of the process.
0: So in the past interviews, you've mentioned that your father was active in the Black Panther Party and that your uncle is in the Nation of Islam. Both organizations' missions are to fight for black people in our liberation and obviously that's really translated into you and how you move with your decisions in your career. But how has that knowledge and experience influenced your views on criminal justice reform in general?
1: I mean, I think just being black in in, in general, uh, you know, walking around like this, yeah. I think it's a certain anxiety, a certain angst. You know, we, we live by a different set of rules. You know, um, I think, you know, especially young black men. I think we've all had to talk at some point, you know, of uh, how to interact with law enforcement. You know, how to deal with, you know, circumstances when you're outside of the home, um, and, and just being aware, you know, um, always being privy to um, how the world really works and the nuances of these institutions, and you know, you know. Trying not to end up in certain situations. Uh, so uh, yeah, my family had a, you know, a huge part of my, my mindset and how to You know, um, you know how to think and move and and um, you know, and yeah, just uh, try to navigate it You know, it's a uh, it's unfortunate that it's the norm and, and you know, you know it, It's uh it's expected. So, uh, you know, it's, it's trying to try to not make it so normal
0: I agree and it, I think I mean, I know you're a big family person. I have a, mm-hmm. a little brother as well. And I always think, like, Lord, that's the number one prayer I always have. Like, just protect my family. Protect the men in my family. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most powerful platforms we have is storytelling. And so I really, again, am thanking you for creating this film. Because wow. when we walk away as black people, we are able to see, like, exactly how we how we feel mm-hmm. a, with those experiences. So thank you for that. That's and well. I wanted to ask you, because we just had Lena Waithe on here. And we were talking to her about Queen yeah. and Slim, and all of the amazing things she's been doing. Don't spoil it for me. I have not had a chance. Oh
1: my. I just got back from Berlin. She won't even get me a link. Listen, no, I, her, I, her wife runs my production company, and I still haven't gotten a link yet. Nah. So going to the movies is like literally my number one thing when I get back to L.A. So I haven't seen it. I've been off Instagram and everything. trying not to get spoilers. So don't ruin it for me. I will me. never okay. say anything. I would
0: never in my life All right, I
1: would never do that. But I <laughs> but, will say, uh-huh.
0: you guys are a part of this new class of creators like you, Issa Rae, mm-hmm. Justin Simeon, Lena, mm-hmm. all of the things you guys are doing really stamps our generation. Um, and what do you hope that this defining like word or moment? How you guys hope to be defined as creators? What do you think um, you guys are defined as this new class, millennial creators? As? I don't
1: know. You know, I think you know that's for other people to define and write about and speculate. I think you know we're just doing our you know our jobs in a sense, and you know, you know it's our sense of responsibility to our community. You know, to um, you know. Telling honest stories, uh, you know, expressing, you know, ourselves, our our frustration, our, you know, our our perspective yeah. you know, on life right now. And hopefully it inspires the next generation to do to be better than us, mm-hmm. to, to go further. I think that's what it is. You know, I've learned from the Sydney Portiers and the Harry Belafonte's and, you know, the Jamie Foxes and the Denzels, and people that are, you know, gracious enough to pass on information and not be precious and you know and, and you know, they grew up in generations where it was they had it way worse than us, so to you know not honor that sacrifice and those roads that were you know um, that were traveled and, and not try to continue that moving forward, I think would be uh, kind of disrespectful. So I'm in a position of privilege, I know, so just trying to use that to the best uh, you know the best way I can.
0: Absolutely. Now, last question, we always ask everyone because this is the Tell Black Stories podcast. Mm-hmm. What is one story that has not been told about our community that you would love to see in Hollywood produced or that hasn't been made yet?
1: I mean, so I can tell you my. Idea. Is somebody else. I think Bass Reeves is a story that needs to be told, mm. the original Lone Ranger. That's where the Lone Ranger got stemmed from. A lot of people don't know that. And I think he was an incredible um part of uh you know African uh, American history that's uh never really been told the right way. So I'll give that a freebie out there. Yeah, somebody yeah. So like
0: throw it up and we'll go just ahead, knock it out of the park. Knock that out. <laughs> Hurry up. Right. Is- they did it on the Watchmen a little bit, but they didn't really go into it. Again. Germany, yes. Can stream a lot online. of stuff.
1: It's been I've been yo. I'm missing out on NBA season I know. shows. I'm back. I get, at least I get the binge watch when I get back. Absolutely. So I have a lot of catching up to
0: do. Well, it. we look forward to your binge watching, and we look forward to Just Mercy. Thank you so much for joining you. No interview.
1: problem. Thank you. Peace.
0: We want to thank Michael B. Jordan again for joining us. That was such an incredible conversation. Don't miss this important must-see film, Just Mercy, in select theaters Christmas Day and everywhere on January 10th. And be sure to catch up on all the past episodes of the Tell Black Stories podcast wherever you get your podcasts.